morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Man, that's impressive. Four days in a row. I know the day of the week without having to, like, Google it. Uh, Casey Jisclair here with Coach Brian Colley. Hope everybody is enjoying their Thursday as much as we are. In the next segment of the show, we are going to um, talk about some big coaching news that happened yesterday over at Home of Christian School. We will break that down as uh, uh, some interesting things happened there yesterday. In segment one, we'll talk about some high school basketball. There was really not a whole lot going on um, yesterday, so we're going to give you a brief look at the scores, and then we'll take a peek at the power ratings. But for the girls, we're a week away from the season ending. For the boys, we're about two weeks away from the season ending. And it's that time of the year where every game matters and you're playing for seeding and positioning, and we'll give give everybody an update there. At noon today, we are going to get, knock on wood, Coach Brody Williams of South Lafouche. We had him lined up yesterday. Brody's doing administrative (laughs) stuff at the school. He said he got busy and his phone was off the ringer. Right. Uh, (laughs) uh, So we do expect to have him on at noon, and then at 12.15 we'll have Stan Gravois on the line for our Terrebonne General. Thursday interview. We're going to be at Terrebonne General's locker room tomorrow for um, baseball and softball media day. Look forward to see, you know, Chandler and Mike Barba and Shane and all of our friends, Joe, all of our friends on the baseball side, and then also all of our friends on the softball side. You know, Coach Crowdis at Home of Christian School. Uh, you know, Coach Deplantis at Vanderbilt. So many really uh, good programs in our area, and look forward to rubbing elbows with all those folks and getting their their uh, trade secrets going into the start of the new year. Because today's February. February means it's the start of baseball season, bro. In a couple of weeks, our teams will be at it. We'll not be playing scrimmages and jamborees anymore. We're going to be playing games that matter. It's crazy to think that within two to three weeks, we'll be back uh, slugging away and hitting them home runs again. Man, it's amazing. How fast? It seemed like January went pretty pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. It uh, Time flies when you're having fun. Look, let's go to the um, scores from last night. And again, they're not a whole lot. So I'm going to give you more of some state scores, really, than local scores. John Curtis Christian School gets a 63-53 to win over Southern Lab. How about that two-day stretch for the Southern Lab girls? You play Vanderbilt one day, you play John Curtis the very next day. They lose them both. Curtis gets a big old win. We saw John Curtis this year. They're incredible, man. They've got so much talent, uh, and they get a 10-point road win against Southern Lab. North Shore gets a 66-53 win over Edna Carr in girls' basketball action. Carr is a quality team, so that means North Shore's right up there with them. We had some local 4A district schools play girls basketball yesterday. Assumption loses to East Iberville 50 to 37. So the Mustangs drop one there. Lady Tarpons were rooting for Assumption. Get maybe an extra PowerPoint tomorrow when you lock up with them in the tank. Lady Tarpons were also rooting for Morgan City's girls last night. Didn't get any help. White Castle beats Morgan City's girls 64 to or excuse me, 63 to 24. So White Castle rolls to a win there. In 3A. Nothing noteworthy. Uh, in 2A, let's see. We have Newman that beats Country Day 64-41. to 41. Um, East Feliciana beats Capital 47-26. to 26. St. Charles Catholic loses to St. Mary's 48-29. to 29. Single A, Centerville is a somewhat local team. They fall to Vermilion Catholic 49-12. to 12. Tough one for them. Um, and then White Castle, as we said, beat Morgan City 63-24. to That was the girls' basketball schedule. For the boys, it was just as light. Um, a city score, Bonneville defeats John Errett 80-66 to in district play. Bonneville gets a win. Denham Springs has had an amazing season, and a lot of local teams played them over at the Thibodeau Tournament. So Denham Springs stays hot. They get an 83-58 to win. 
over Helix Mentorship Academy. Coach, I saw Denim Springs at the Thibodeau tournament, and look, I don't mean this with any you know disrespect at all. I didn't think that they were an elite team. I thought they were solid. I didn't think they were an elite team. But when you look at the rankings, they're 25-3, and three, so they are an elite team. Maybe just took them a little while to get rolling. I know they did sweep through the Thibodeau tournament and got some big wins there. Um, but I would have never guessed that at the end of the season, they would have a chance to win 30 games during the regular season. That team is really, really good, man. Yeah, look, I, I talked to their coach during that tournament, and and I was with you. They, they were good, but not like – I didn't think they were yeah, that great. 18 like, and 11, something like that. And, I, uh, and he told me, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the reasons why he came back uh, to coach a few more years because this team was was very good. Yeah, well, and and, and yeah, he was right. <laughs> they, he was right. They are very good. Twenty-five and three, and they're the number three seed in Division One non-select right now. You had Walker fall to University Lab, fifty-seven to fifty. Lab gets a big win on the road against Walker. Southside, man, they're in a little bit of a slump. They lose again yesterday. They lose fifty-seven to fifty-five against Northwest. So Todd Russ's team has cooled off a little bit. Morgan City boys, who they got kicked on. White Castle beats them sixty-seven to eighteen. The reports that we've gotten from Morgan City basketball are that they're down to just a handful of players. When you're losing by – no disrespect to White Castle, but when you're losing to White Castle by 50, um, it's probably a sign that you're pretty far behind the eight ball right now wrapping up your season. And I, I can tell you this, uh, and again, no disrespect, but it, it is what it is. But we always say Morgan City's girls scored 24 and the boys had scored 18. Yeah. You don't see that often. Just just, just, just a struggle right now. 2A, we didn't have anything worthwhile to talk about. 1A, our friends at Ascension Catholic lost to Live Oak 72-54. to Ascension Catholic has um, always got some athletes, but Live Oak's a big old 5A school. Then, let's see, St. John was supposed to play School of the Deaf. That game got canceled. Hamilton Christian beats Jennings 66-60. to So, now that leads us into figuring out where our local teams may be headed in the postseason. In Division One non-select right now, you got the highest-ranked local team is HL Bourgeois sitting at number seven. They stand to maybe move up one spot, but they stand to potentially drop a couple of spots yeah. if they don't finish the season hot because there are some teams right up on their tail. For Bourgeois, staying in the top eight means that you could get two playoff games at home, which would be a big luxury. Uh, so they're going to try to wrap up the district championship in the coming days. Hanville has a lot to play for. They're 17-9. and nine. They're currently seeded number 12. If they win a couple of them coming home, get some big wins, they can maybe get into that top 10 and uh, try to put themselves in a better position. East St. John is playing to try to get into the top 16. They're 19th right now with a 16-10 and 10 record, but they don't have a big a gap between they and number 16. So if they win some big games coming home, uh, they've got a great shot. Terrebonne is 22, built some cushion for themselves beating Central Lafouche, but they still have to finish the year strong because they've only got nine-tenths of a PowerPoint lead over 28 North Shore, so they do still have to finish the season strong. Central Lafouche firmly on the bubble. They're 25th right now at a 14-8 and record. The thing that sucks for Central is they're going to play Destrahan tomorrow. They're going to win that game, um, but they're going to drop by winning that game, so they're going to lose some ground just by playing a team on their schedule. And then you got some tough games down the stretch that are losable games that could potentially cause you some harm. Towards the bottom, Thibodeau, South Lafouche, Destran, and South Terrebonne are all not going to be in the postseason. They're too far away. Division II non-select. 
Right now we have Lutcher, who's the top-ranked local team. They're 21st right now. If they opened up the postseason today, they would be traveling to take on number 12, Opelousas, which would be a very difficult matchup. Lutcher has some athletes. They're trying to improve their seed, and there is a little bit of wiggle room for them to go up. But the problem is, in our local district, Vanderbilt is the only team that's going to give you some points if you beat them. Um, so Lutcher might win some more games coming home and, and either stay the same or move down just because of the lack of competitiveness in our local 4A district. Ellender is sitting right at number 28. Coach Cornell Scott came on earlier in the week and was open. He said, hey, we're just trying to get in. We want to give that experience to our kids. We want to try to get in. Right now, they are absolutely positively on the bubble. Division three non-select. Patterson is currently sitting at number eight in the state with a 12-14 and 14 record. Might be saying, how could you be below 500 to be in the top 10? Because they played a treacherous schedule. They're 12-14. and 14, Trying to stay in the top eight. Get those two, uh, open, uh, those two playoff matchups at home. Donaldsonville has had a good season. They're sitting at number 12 right now in Division Three, non-select. And then St. James is just on the outside. How about this? St. James is 29th. 28th is a meet. They have the exact same power rating score. So right now that would go to the tiebreakers, which we talked about last week, which are head-to-head first. And then what did you say? It was your record against the teams in your classification. Yeah. Um, so St. James and a meet are right now um, – grasping his straws but trying to get in berwick is at the bottom there and will not get in our private school teams vanderbilt catholic in division two select on the boys side they're 20 and three and are playing some really good basketball at a really high level ed white has dropped a couple of spots as of late uh, because they've been in a little bit of a slide they're sitting right at number 24 with a 13 and 11 record that's 24 teams get in so they can't afford to have any more hiccups the rest of the way in Division Three, select for the boys, home of Christian school. They, they're in. They they won their or, – or, no, never mind. I'm thinking of the girls. Their boys are sitting pretty. They're number 18 right now with a 13-8 and eight record. They're trying to uh, improve that position. And if they move up, there's one one-hundredth of a point separating them from 18 and 17. If they jump Notre Dame and become 17, the way it would stand right now, they would be playing Thomas Jefferson again in the opening round. We saw those two te- those two teams play a couple weeks ago. That would be one hell of a playoff game should those two teams end up locking up with one another. And in Division Four, Central Catholic of Morgan City on the select side are red hot. They're number six right now, and CCA is number 11 right now. So two local teams that both look like they're going to have opening round home games. Let's do this. We're going to get to the girls a little later in the show, but we're up against our first break. When we get back, we're going to keep the train rolling. I'll get you these girls' power rating projections and then we'll talk about an interesting news day yesterday at Homo Christian School. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this break. Golden Motors has your next car, truck, or SUV waiting for you with big savings. Savings like 3.9% APR for 60 months on select models. Or take 10000 off MSRP on a 2023 Chevy Silverado RST Z71. Yep, 10000 off. Come in today to take advantage of big savings at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Chevy, together, let's drive. It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Hey, no, baby. 
on Mardi Gras Day. Mardi Gras Day! No way. Hey. Hey, you alright? I don't know. Lately I've been feeling kind of off. Might be because you've been vaping so much. What do you mean? You know how when dirt gets in the engine oil, it throws everything off? Yeah. The nicotine in vapes is like that. It's not meant to be in your body. It throws off your natural brain chemicals, which could make you feel jumpy, anxious, or even sad. So like that engine with the bad oil, your brain ain't running right. That ain't right. Keep your body running tobacco free. Learn more at BehindTheHazeLA.com. Sponsored by Louisiana Department of Justice. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Welcome back to Play by Play. We gave you a rundown of the power rating numbers currently for the boys basketball teams in the last segment. Um, now we'll move over to the girls uh, because they're actually their situation is more dire. There's only like one week left to their season. So where you are now is not a whole lot of uh, wiggle room or a whole lot of margin for error to get better. Division one non-select on the girls. Hanville is sitting at 22 and three. They're number 11. They're going to be at home in the opening round trying to improve their seating here down the stretch. Their district rival, the Destrehan Wildcats, are sitting at number 16, holding on for dear life, trying to get that home game. They've got a 1-100th of a point lead over Chalmette, who's 17. So those two schools might flip-flop, and it would determine uh, who would maybe be home in that matchup versus who would maybe be going on the road. At the bottom, we got Thibodeau, who is on the bubble but has been playing better lately. Thibodeau sitting at 26. They got more than a PowerPoint lead over number 29. So they're pretty comfortably in the top 28 right now, but they could maybe fluctuate some spots either up or down based on how they end their season. East St. John and South Lafouche have an uphill climb. I know that we you know, we keep saying, oh, the Lady Tarpons are closed. There's maybe an outside shot. Just doing the math, I don't think they're going to be able to get in unless if they get a ton of help from some of those teams that are above them, losing games and struggling, and I don't see it because – you play Assumption tomorrow, which is going to get you some points if you win, but not a whole heck of a lot. They're only like a 9 or 10 win team. Then you wrap up with Morgan City, who's giving you nothing. So there's just no opportunity there to earn a whole slew of points for South Lafouche. They're going to need to win the last two, and they're going to need a lot of help. And it's a shame because if they win the last two, they're going to have a 17-13 and 13 season and are not going to make the playoffs more than likely. Yeah, it, it it is a shame. Uh, and look, man, I, Lady Torpor should win out. And if they do, uh, golly, they they gonna move up to like possibly twenty nine. Yeah, maybe could, be the last know, team out. It could be. And uh, if you go and every year you look at it, I know I do. Where if we playing where we should be playing, hmm. my goodness, you'd already be in. You'd be locked in. Yeah. Um, 
35 Central Lafouge, 36 HL Bourgeois, 41 Terrebonne, 42 South Terrebonne. All of those teams won't make the postseason. Very quickly, though, you remember we were talking off the air yesterday about how I said that uh, I saw on social media that South Terrebonne said that their win against Ellender was a historic win. I got the clarification. I talked to Coach LaRocca, their head girls basketball coach. That's the first time they've ever beaten Ellender in girls basketball. So they made that happen yesterday or two days ago. Good on them, man. I get it. Both teams are down. Both teams are, are, are struggling. But anytime you could do something that your school has never done before and beat your crosstown rival, that's a great win for them. And, and I didn't realize it was the first. I knew it was the first in a long time. Didn't realize it was the first ever. But, man, can you imagine that? South Terrebonne's been around how long? 40, 50, 60 years? I know Ellender's been around less than that. But can you imagine having a rival that you have never beaten before and how good that must the feel first to, time ever. to get the first victory over the Ellender Patriots wow. on the girls' side? Division two non-select, speaking of the Ellender Patriots. But first, we go to number 19, which will be the Lutcher Bulldogs right now. They're sitting at 19. Um, got a pretty good cushion on 20. Um, or just slightly behind 18. So Lutcher's going to get in. Uh, probably going to be on the road in the opening round. And, and with a young team, we'll see where they could make it happen. Ellender and Assumption, they're pretty much too far out. Assumption's sitting at 32. They're about a point and a half away from 28. Ellender is sitting at 36, and they're miles away. So those two teams, as well as Morgan City, are not going to be playing postseason. Division three, non-select. We've got St. James. Boy, what a girls' season they've had. They're 17-6. and six. They're currently ranked number nine in Division three, non-select. Trying to get up to eighth, which could, which again could get you that second home playoff game if you win in the opening round. Berwick is going to get in. Berwick has such a interesting season, right? They won 11, 12, 13 games in a row to start, faced some inferior competition. They've cooled off a little bit, but by making the schedule the way that they did, they're going to go to the postseason. They're sitting at 21st right now and are very comfortably in. Patterson is on the bubble. They're number 27 right now, trying to fight. To get into the postseason, Donaldsonville is not going to be able to get in. We go to Division II Select, and we have the Vanderbilt Terriers, who are sitting at number two right now. Um, they're 15-6 and six overall, power rating score of 41.74. It's not going to be enough to catch Lafayette Christian, who has a six-point lead on them right now. Lafayette Christian is 24-1, and one, but Vanderbilt also has a three-and-a-half-point lead on number three, so it looks like Vanderbilt's kind of locked into being that two seed. Um, they're going to be at home in the playoffs until the top 28, assuming they would make it there. And good on them. They're doing a, a very, a, a very very good job. The one that's maybe a little bit of a surprise to some, Edie White. They're at number four right now, and they're holding on to that position pretty strong. The Cardinals, if the bracket holds true, it could potentially be a top 28-type season for E.D. White and Coach Sinak and his team, man, what amazing work that would be. In year two, he may be carrying a top four seed and might have a chance to bring his team to Hammond. Wow, top four? They're fourth I, right now. That That's an amazing job. And they, I believe, have already beaten Turlings Catholic, who's number eight. I mean, they've got some quality wins. They're going to be a team that definitely has a chance to, to maybe punch that ticket to the top 28. Division three select. This is where Homer Christian School has already clinched their postseason um, uh, push by winning the district championship. But they were going to be in anyway. They're 10 and four right now. They're sitting at number 13, looking like Homer Christian School is going to very comfortably be hosting an opening round game. 
would be an unbelievable accomplishment for them given some of the, the, the struggles and different things that they've had to go with. They had a lot of roster turnover there, new head coach, everything in between. would be a great accomplishment for them to be at home in the opening round, which it looks like they will be. And then the last but not least, we've got Division Four select on the girls where Central Catholic of Morgan City is sitting at number six with a 13-7 and seven record. And CCA is fighting to try to be at home. The Lions are 17 right now with a 15-8 and eight record. They're narrowly behind number 16, St. Edmund. CCA is going to try to finish the year strong, try to make that jump, and try to get themselves an opening round home playoff game. And that would be big for Coach Carey and the staff there if they can make that a reality. So a lot of teams right now really are, know that they're in. There are a handful that are on the bubble. There are a bunch more that know that they're out. Right now, really, the last week and a half for the girls, last two, two and a half, two, three weeks for the boys, it's mostly just trying to polish up your seed. A lot of those teams know that they're in. They're just trying to keep climbing as much as you can to better your position in the bracket. And, and the seed makes a big difference because once when it's all said and done and when you're placed in that bracket, if, if you get good matchups, that makes a huge difference uh, depending on how you match up against certain teams. So. Uh, this next week is going to be big for the, the girls' uh, basketball programs in our area. So let's talk about this now. And it was the big high school news of the day yesterday. Um, and for those of you who listen to play-by-play regularly, we found out the news during the show yesterday. There's a If you go back and you listen, there's like a moment where we both pause for like 30 seconds and are like, wow, goodness, as we got it texted to us as it was happening. Homa Christian School parts ways with their head baseball coach and a good friend of the show's Butch Terrio, um, a move that the timing is very questionable, right? I mean, it's right before the start of a season. So let's attack this. I, 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 I've heard things. I'm not going to say them on the air. I don't know if they're true. don't know if they're not. Um, but, man, just timing-wise, this is not good for their team. You're starting your season in a couple of weeks um, you got to figure out who's going to be the the next coach, and it, that's it's just unfortunate, man. I feel for the kids there. They had something that was going that was pretty strong. You feel for the kids there um, because they're going to have to adjust to something that's completely out of their control and be kind of dealt a tough hand with their coach leaving the program on January the thirty first. Yeah, the timing of it is um, is not very good at all, and. You, you feel for the kids. Uh, I feel for Butch. I mean. Um, yeah. He's a good dude, man. Yeah. Great guy. Um, I, I feel for him. And uh, he he's going to land on his feet somewhere. And wherever he's at, he's going to be an asset to whatever program, if he chooses to go to another program or whatever he does, uh, he, he'll, uh, he'll be okay. But uh, – it stings right now, but um, it's just a shame. And, again, we don't uh, know 100% the, the whole story, so uh, whatever happened. Yeah, it, it's not for us to tell. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's still you, you still feel bad for those kids, first of all, uh, and uh, for the coach. I mean, I'm former coach. I, 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 feel, I feel for the coaches in, in that situation, and, um, again, I, he, he'll he'll be fine. He'll land on his feet, and uh, just just a great guy, great baseball coach, and sure. uh, a great guy. 
So now it leads to the next layer of this, which Butch was their baseball coach, but he was always their athletic director, or also their athletic director. You were a long time AD. If on February 1st you tell, you know, I'm going to just make up a generic name. You tell Bob Smith over at Home of Christian, hey, Butch is gone. You're the new AD. Like there's no learning curve there. There's like there's a lot of things that could potentially go wrong. Um, that's a tough spot. Can you imagine the first time that you were asked to be an AD if they would have just done that in the middle of a school year? Like that's challenging, man. I don't know who's going to step up and take that responsibility, but that's some big shoes that you got to fill there. You got to make sure that all of your spring sport paperwork is all good and everybody's got their physicals and that's a tough gig to just be thrown into that in the middle of the school year and at, especially at this time where the winter sports are ending and the spring sports are beginning very very tough timing and I feel for whoever's going to have to step up and do that job the rest of the year no no doubt it's a tough time they're going to have to get somebody in there to, to uh whoever they hire to um to go help someone out because uh, especially if it's a first-time AD that's going to take over, man, that's tough. That, that's tough. That's why before I left, I tried to help Justin out as much as I could. And uh, still, he knows he can call me whenever. I, I'm, I'll help out as much as I can. But that's um, tough to do. If uh, because and the, the only good thing about it, it would help is that it's a smaller school. You don't have as many kids. And, and sports sometimes to deal with at a smaller school, but it, it, it's still you gotta you gotta be on your A game to make sure that you, your athletes are, are are good to go on that first day. For sure, uh, so very challenging situation there, and then hopefully it uh it all works out for the best. We feel for those kids, and then we also feel for Butch, who is a good friend of the shows and and has always done right by us. So. Hopefully Homer Christian School could figure it out. Hopefully Butch could figure it out, and we're rooting for both parties. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Coach Brody Williams of South Lafouche High School. His boys' basketball team lost a tough one on Tuesday and is trying to put the pieces back together to take on Assumption tomorrow in what is probably a more interesting game tomorrow than what it was about three weeks ago because the Mustangs have gotten some new pieces and have started to play better. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. It's Ram Truck Month at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. 
Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-398-7414. That's 800-398-7414. What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community at State Bank. Now 70 years strong. Cheers! Cheers, please! Welcome back here to Play by Play. Casey Jisler here with Coach Brian Colley. We go to the phone lines and we have South Lafouche Boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams on the line. Brody, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Good afternoon, Casey. How y'all doing? Doing well. Good, good. Happy to hear it, bro. Uh, you guys had a tough one on Tuesday against Letcher. You go on the road. I thought played pretty well at times. Just down the stretch, a young team couldn't figure out how to win one. Uh, had to be a little frustrating there, but at the end of the day, I thought for oh, about you know thirty of the thirty-two minutes, you guys outplayed your opponent. Yeah, you know, in the locker room, I told the guys, uh, proud of them the way they played. You know, we. Uh, just damn, because but it was at the wrong times turnovers, you know, some key turnovers, and you know they made some shots at certain times. It looked like it was away, like, you know, five points, and they would take three to bring it right back. So it was pretty much back and forth game. Really competitive. We competed. We played. You know, and then. And, you know, we could have either way. Hey, hey, Brody, we're we're losing you pretty bad. So, look, look I'm going to ask Coach Kyle to hang up with you real quick and dial you back because your connection is jumping in and out, okay? All right, you got me now? Uh, well, 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 let's see. Let's ask you one more question. You guys, uh, how was the locker room after that loss against Letcher, man? Because, I, I look, I'll be honest, we were walking out of the gym the same times as you guys. It looked like the kids were kind of distraught a little bit. What was their mood like at practice yesterday? Uh, at practice, they know that it was a winnable game. I mean, but it's just on to the next one and just get better. And you uh, might practice, they play hard. Yeah, we, 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 let's just cut them and, and we'll, we'll get, we, we can't hear them. Uh, we'll just dial him back and get him back on the line. He's, we're having a connection issue with Brody. Uh, we'll get Coach Kali to, to, to get it back there. I know that the school service is not very good, hence me not being able to record at the school. Uh, so we'll try to get Brody back on the line and, and, and see. Was, yeah, he was just way too choppy. We couldn't understand what he was saying at all. 
Um, but yes, what he was saying a minute ago, he thought that his team played well, and he thought that they, you know, played with some good fire and some good energy against Lutcher. And now they got to try to figure that out. We'll see if we could try again. Uh, Coach Kyle has him squared away. Tarpons will be taking on Assumption tomorrow in the tank. All right, let's see if the second time is a charm. We have South Lafouche boys basketball coach, Coach Bertie Williams. Coach, uh, we, I asked you about you know the mood of the players after the game, and you were cutting in and out. Can you repeat your answer, please? Yeah, they were uh, they were upset at the end of the game because we uh, you know there was a chance where we should have uh, we could have won, and they know that. But uh, the next day of practice, you know, was, we just got back to work and we just preached getting better each day put it in the path and just on to the next opponent, learn from it, and, uh, you know, getting ready for Assumption tomorrow. Assumption's a scary team because, you know, their record is what it is. It's like 1-21 or whatever, but you know this. They're much better than that record now because they've just added some new pieces. They're just fresh off of getting their first victory against Morgan City when they scored 71 points. But my question to you is, does it help now having some tape of them with all of their guys there because you were telling me before the first matchup oh we didn't have any film on their new roster so does it help being able to kind of see what they do now as opposed to going into the first matchup kind of blind yeah absolutely and looking back at our old film you know we uh they got some good players but i think if you can limit some of their their better players uh you know one or two guys i think you can uh we can have some success uh, so, you know, going into the game, we're going to have a much better idea of who they are right now at this point in the season. And, uh, you know, the players know we preach it all the time, especially for this team, because they know we win a game last. They could have went either way. It was a lot like Lutcher, back and forth. Um, and they could have won it last time we were over there. You know, we're playing home. That's an advantage for us. But we got to treat every opponent like it's a faceless opponent and don't look at records and all that stuff. Just play to our best of our ability and prepare, uh, prepare the best we can. To beat, uh, to beat them. Tell us about the last 90 minutes, or not, not 90 minutes, the last 90 seconds or so of the game against Letcher. You guys had the lead, had the ball, and just, man, I don't know if it was nerves, I don't know what it was, but you guys just kind of got tight. Turnover, you know, maybe an ill-advised shot. Just looked like a group that just doesn't quite know how to win in those situations yet. What went wrong in that last minute or so against the Bulldogs? Yeah, I think their their pressure definitely got to us, extending their uh, their trapping, you know, and and they you know they, they played a physical game. The, the refs let the kids play on both sides, um, and I think we just got nervous. Uh, look, and look, I told the kids after the game too. I'm not excluded. I'm I'm youthful too. I got a lot to learn where it comes, uh, you know, winning games in the end too. Um, so we did. You know, we learned together and. You know, we just like you said, key turnovers. I think we missed a couple easy shots at the basket, or or, or one easy shot at the basket that could have maybe uh, sealed the deal for us. Or uh, I forget exactly, maybe we just we took the lead or tied it up. That was kind of a crucial part. And and you know, hats off to them. They went down and they they made free throws in the, in the long stretch. And you know, we we didn't get to the free throw line enough throughout the game. There's not one play that wins, you know, or loses the game. You look at the whole game and. Uh, one thing we didn't do well at the end was take care of the ball, and then throughout the game we didn't, you know, we didn't get to free throw line enough. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. Look, taking on assumption, um, it, it is going to be a big challenge. 
Talk about, you know, the importance of finishing the rest of this season strong, man, because you guys got a young group and it's going to be a group that's going to be with you for the next couple of years. But you also want to send your seniors out on a good note. Like these last couple of games are going to be big for your team. Yeah, you know, just to build the confidence and uh, and there's a positive rapport or a positive attitude towards towards the basketball program in general. You know, you want kids to be able to enjoy playing here and uh, to realize that, you know, we will have success and we, we do have success at times. We just got to maybe be a little patient. So I think finishing strong, which I think we've been in a step in the right direction from the first half of the year. I think we're playing a lot harder. I think we're playing a lot more as a team. Um and I think they're seeing that too, you know, and uh, I think it's going to carry over to next season. You know, we those freshmen are going to be sophomores. They're going to have a whole other year of lifting. Those those sophomores are going to be juniors. And that, you know, for me, the biggest jump is from that sophomore to junior year. We've got a bunch of sophomores that are going to be turning into juniors. And uh, I think it's, you know, the, the sky is the limit, and really you can only go up from here. It wasn't a great – we don't have a great record. You know, we we lost some close games. But we're right there, and you know we maybe a little more experience in our belt, a little more strength, uh, and, and if we finish off this season with some confidence, I think we can, uh, you know, we can do some great things going forward. This year, you guys have a couple of ninth graders in the rotation. You know, Bo Georges and Santamon and some of those others. I'm going to ask you this, and man, it's, it's it's not a criticism at all, but you you said it a minute ago. Hey, you're, you're learning just as everyone else is. Do you do you regret not putting Terrence and Meathead and some of those other guys with the varsity last season as ninth graders? Uh, to some extent, some extent, but um, you know, I was learning too in my first year, and uh, I don't know. If, you got to think freshman bodies. I mean, we see it right now. They they they're there, they're playing, but they might not be a hundred percent sure uh, ready. You know, m- more mentally than anything, it's not really the physically thing. You know, we're playing kids right now, our, our freshmen, but we can all. I mean, we can all see them on the floor. They sometimes they struggle, or sometimes they they, they struggle handling pressure, or you now they get they got a lot better from the beginning to the to the end of the season. But um, I think that's the whole purpose of it is to to get them better until they're ready for next year. Um, but to an extent, I do. I think we could have benefited last year, especially maybe at the point guard position. But uh, I overall, no, I think we did the right thing last year and we just eased into it this year. Okay, I got you, bro. That's a good answer. Um, taking on assumption, uh, one of the things you guys did well against them on the road you ate up the glass, man. You know that's probably going to be an adjustment they're going to make to probably crash the boards a little harder. How do you make sure that your big uh, big boys are ready to try to control that matchup again? Because that was a big piece of why you won out in Napoleonville. Yeah, I think we, uh, you know, what we do on offense, more offensive rebounding, you know, get the right people in the game. You know, it might, um, the right personnel, get the bigs in the game, get in position to rebound. You know, we don't want someone like Sawyer Wells on the you know in the corner on the perimeter like pretty much keep him near the block so he can do what he does best which is rebounding same thing with Bo Georges um uh and Peyton Abair you know they're good at the block and, and rebounding so keep them in position where they be, they can be successful and you know just reiterate it today like we we did great on the glass on the last game you know we're going to have to keep doing great on the glass uh guards can do a better job something that we're going to be working on Hitting the weak side boards on the shots taken on you know the right wing, the opposite guard going to the uh, to the opposite block to get his weak side rebounding, and uh, you know we're gonna try to just do some different things, 
to um, to limit them, their offensive production, and then we're going to try to do some things with offense to maximize our offensive production. So um, I don't want to give too much more away tonight, but uh, yeah, I sure. think y'all could read between the lines. Coach, when you um, when you go with a big lineup, and uh, does that change your offensive thinking any? Uh, I know you're kind of a, a motion team, and uh, but when a, a big lineup, when you put in a big lineup, does does it change uh, the way you think an offense? What offense you may want to run? Yes, it, t- it changes everything, defense and offense. You notice when we we play certain people when we're playing man to man, and when we play zone. You know, we could play more big bodies in there. And then offensively, you know, we, we try to – we still might run five, which is our motion offense, but we just try to look at different things out of it. Like instead of maybe a lot of backdoor cuts, maybe we're looking more for a high-low opportunity or for a guy to curl off the screen and sit in the post. And and we, they, and they know that stuff we talk about. Like someone like Peyton or Sawyer, their strength might be when you curl from the top, and the ball gets thrown from wing to top of the key, just seal out and look for the high-low, you know, and then we, and the passer knows to look for that too. Uh, you know, and that's just some different adjustments we make within the same offense. So we're not just running a whole different offense. Um, that's something we, we adjustments we make depending on the people that's on the floor. For sure, man. Look, what are some keys to victory tomorrow? Taking on a team that you struggled with on the road, what are some things you guys got to do well? We got to not turn the ball over, make sure that – because I, I think they're going to look at them and press us. You know, I, I think if we don't turn the ball over, silly turnovers. Um, if we could uh, rebound the ball as well as we did last time, and you know, limit their scores, make sure that their scores don't don't beat you, and that they can't just shoot uh, shoot you out of the gym. So um, we're going to on defense. We're going to try to limit their scores. Offense, we're trying to. Uh, attack them on the inside and attack offensive boards and we're going to try to limit turnovers sounds like a winner coach thanks so much for the time and we'll see you tomorrow buddy all right thank you appreciate it yep that's coach Bertie williams uh the tarpons are coming off of a very uh tough one at lutcher uh but we'll see how it goes tomorrow against assumption you're literally watching assumption film as we speak against uh bargain <laughs> city um <laughs> So we'll see if the Tarpons could, uh, could can make it happen. Big game, man. Assumption's going to come in hungry. They're playing with confidence and a big opportunity for the Tarpons tomorrow. Yeah, look, they're going to come in with a little confidence knowing, look, we almost had this team at our place. Uh, so that has to give them a little confidence. Uh, but if the Tarpons do what they have to do and uh, play good, like what Coach Brody just said, you know, not turn the ball over. Uh, take care of the ball on, against their press, and if they can beat them up on the boards again on the inside, Tarpons at home is going to help them out a lot. No doubt. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to Mr. Stan Gravois. It's our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. We'll be right back after this. It's play-by-play on Kaylee B. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! 
Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Health System. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury? Or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment, individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today, 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Health System, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. And welcome back to play-by-play here on KLEB. Casey Jessler here with Coach Brian Colley. We hope everybody's enjoying their Thursday. Tomorrow, we're making the trip out to Terrebonne General for Baseball and Softball Media Day. And it's also Thursday, which means we've got our Terrebonne General Thursday interview right now with Stan. Mr. Stan Gravois, how are we doing today? Uh, doing well. Hope you guys are doing well, too. We are, man. Look, can't wait for tomorrow. Get a chance to rub elbows with the baseball and softball coaches in the area. Media Day was a great idea that you guys put in place, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm always looking forward to hearing that optimism at the early season when everybody's 0-0 zero and zero and everybody likes their team. should be a lot of fun tomorrow over at the locker room. Yeah, I think so. And then, listen, a lot of them are going through scrimmages today and for the past week and even tomorrow night and through the weekend. So it's fun to sort of hear how they think they're going to fare out throughout the season and, and what kind of teams they may have. Uh, we always look forward to this. So it'll be a lot of fun again uh, tomorrow. I think that we're going to have another great baseball season. You know, South Lafourche is feeling good. Lance and Central Lafourche are feeling good. Shane, despite losing some pieces, is feeling good. E.D. White's the defending champions uh, in the Terrebonne side. South Terrebonne should be strong. CCA should be strong. Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. Oh, no, no, I'm going to leave teams out. But everybody feels like there's that optimism there, and we've become kind of a baseball uh, region. I think we're going to have another team, another slew of teams make the postseason and probably a handful who makes a run as well. I would agree with that. I think it's uh, over the last five years it's been as good as it's ever been for sure. And I think we're starting to see – well, I shouldn't even say start. We're sort of in that midpoint where we're seeing the fruits of the labor of a lot of these kids playing at a young age and learning at a young age, and it's really paying off. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are going to be good. Somebody's going to have to look bad when it's all said and done related to a win-loss record, but I think even those teams are still going to be good. I think it's that one sport on a state level where you may not have, you know, much of a record over 500. You may not even be over 500, yet when you get to the playoffs, I don't think you could be counted out because I think the talent is that good. And then you have those things that sort of come along that get in the way a little bit. Of course, we know there's a situation with Homer Christian right now, and I know that's affecting a lot of the players.
players who play there because there's a lot who won't be playing. You know, a lot of people know that it's, it's you know, it's a situation with the head coach, Butch Terrio, not being there. But it's also a lot of players who have been expelled from the school. So it's a situation where you're going to have a lack of, you know, maybe the talent level that you thought you were with them because I thought they were going to be very good also. So you kind of have to see how things play out. Let's talk about that, man. This, this Homer Christian School came in with, with very high hopes, and they were expecting to have a great year. And just you feel for the kids, man, the timing is, is really poor. And Brian and I were talking off, well, not off the air, on the air earlier in the show about just how difficult it's going to be for someone to just slide in as the new AD in the middle of a sports cycle that's changing. And it's going to be tough. It, it, it's going to be a tough period there. Hopefully they could sort things out and we feel bad for all parties. But that was really interesting news yesterday, and the timing of it all is just unfortunate for the school and also the baseball program. Agree. And uh, I, I like your statement just a second ago when you said you feel bad for all parties because that, to me, is sort of sums it all up. It's, it's you know, you're going to have some kids who are not playing baseball, but that sort of penalizes the ones who did nothing wrong, and they are playing baseball, right? Uh, I will say this about Homer Christian. Uh, no matter where you stand, no matter what your views are, Homer Christian is a is a zero tolerance school. They don't, they, you know, whether you like it or not, they don't put up with very much air. And if it if it if if they don't feel like sports or anything should supersede anything, so uh, their their stand, mantra, their stance is on faith, and because of that, they stand true to what they believe and 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 i guess you know you have to sort of respect that that being said they already have that baseball coach in place and that's steven martinez and steven martinez coached there already the assistant coach is kevin larpenter who's been there forever and also helping is chuck battaglia who everybody know you know chuck battaglia sort of became a legend at that school so those guys have basically just sort of stepped up They've always, uh, nah, let me rephrase that. They didn't always do this, but since about a year ago, they decided to put an assistant athletic director in place for organizational issues that were going on. And they have Sandy Charlotte, who is the head volleyball coach, who has been the assistant athletic director. So she's sort of just stepping up to fill that role for the school. So they do have some things in line, but it's still not, you know, it's not Butch, who was a really good basketball coach. It's not, look, think about it. It's not Kathy Luke, who was a really good basketball. I'm sorry, Butch with baseball and Kathy with uh, basketball. So, it, it, you know, it's not the best situation, obviously, but it's a situation I think that, you know, you, you overcome after a while. It's just that, listen, they had some kids on that team that were playing for Andy Sheets out of Monroe. They had some kids on that team that will play in NOCA in New Orleans with the Catholic League in the offseason, that some of those won't be there anymore. It's, it's almost, you know, think about it, Casey. It's almost like what we saw with Kathy Luke's basketball team. The kids who got caught up in all of this are just saying, look, I didn't do anything wrong, and I thought I was coming here for maybe this or that. Now I'm going back to the school I was at, you know, and things like that. So we'll see sort of how it all plays out. I'm sure Jamar is going to have a bigger – role at the school going forward too so uh yeah tough I, I i like your statement that it's really tough all around yeah for sure man look this was not a game that's going to affect the playoffs this is not a game that's going to affect the district standings a whole lot 
but I just thought it was interesting because I didn't realize that the the historical significance of South Terrible and girls basketball had never beaten Ellen there before ever. They did a couple nights ago. Um, again, both teams are not going to be postseason bound. Both teams are struggling this year. But as a guy who's part of the South Terrebonne, you know, fraternity and coached there for so long, I didn't realize how historic that actually was, man. Can you imagine all of this time to have never beaten your rival from across town? That's a great accomplishment, and I'm super happy of those ladies or for those ladies for getting that job done. Sure. Yes, I am too. Uh, I, you know, I had to think about it because immediately after that victory, Archie Adams sent out a note to all of us old timers saying, guess what happened tonight? We beat Eleanor. So we all started, you know, you had Richie Curlin, you had Dale Luckett who now lives in Texas. You had Sonny Groom who's in Dallas and we're all sending each other notes going, yeah, I don't remember us ever beating Eleanor in basketball. The one thing at South Terrebonne, I think we always looked at ourselves realistically and that being said, we understood that we're not, how do I say this? We're not a basketball mecca, right? I mean, it's not, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not where, you know, people, you know, try to get to to play basketball. But let me say this. When I first started at South Terrebonne and when I was actually a student at South Terrebonne, basketball was through the roof good. I mean, it was really good. You know, you had... When I first got to South Terrebonne in 1986, you know, Ernie was the head coach, and we went to the Final Four that year with Chris Singleton, not the Chris Singleton you're thinking of, but another Chris Singleton, <laughs> and uh, Albert DeVille and some guys who could really play. Now, the thing is, is a lot of those guys lived in what has become Ellender's zone. So when you had the two schools together, that's what a lot of us here in Terrebonne Parish say. We cannot fathom what South Terrebonne High School would be like if they would have left everybody going to one school on the east side of Terrebonne Parish. Because it would be really something to have the skill level of a lot of the kids who go to Ellender with sort of the grunt work. And listen, I'm throwing a wet blanket over all of this, but, but you know, to have the, the, the grunt work, the, the offensive linemen, the guys who are ready to go get you a rebound, those type guys, you know, from the Bayer region of Terrebonne Parish. But it's not that way. And it could have been. A lot of people still don't quite understand. We actually thought after the storm the two schools might sort of come back together again. But uh, the powers that be have decided against that. So that being said, I remember a day when I was part of that sort of glory of basketball. And then I remember when it split and us going, ooh, basketball is going to be tough. The fact is, is if you go out to a middle school tournament, you usually don't see Montague Middle slash Lacache Middle crushing people in basketball, and that's certainly what you see later. You don't have the bitty basketball program that you guys have in the Lower Lafouche Parish because I don't know what happened to it here, but it sort of has gone away. So, uh, yeah, that's big. I, 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 I have seen Ellender play this year, and I don't know what happened there. I, I don't – and listen – Oakland's girls are not terrific, so that sort of puzzles me as to why that's not the standard that it usually is. But nonetheless, the, the simple answer is yes. It was kind of nice for those young ladies from South Terrebonne to be the first to do it. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, we know the two teams that are going to be in the Super Bowl. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. That won't be this coming Sunday. It'll be the next. Um, 
I early, just me, you know, just kind of spitballing here without breaking down the matchup. I've said throughout the week, I lean Kansas City. I think Kansas City's defense is going to be the, the kicker. I think that they're playing at an exceptionally high level and are going to be able to slow down Brock Purdy and the offense will do just enough. How do you break this one down, man? And we got uh, two big power teams. Didn't look like the Chiefs were going to get there early, but they're playing their best ball at the right time. And I think that's the key to the whole NFL is who's playing their best ball at the end. I favor Kansas City in the Super Bowl. What say you? Yeah, and they've been there before, and they understand how to do it. And it's almost like we all sat last Saturday, except for maybe Truck, but we all sat there and went, how do you bet against Kansas City? How You know, what, what makes you bet against Kansas City? There's no doubt that if, and actually I thought they were going to do it this past weekend, and they didn't, and they were probably – I don't want to use the word lucky because they, they came back and they won it. And I was very impressed with Brock Purdy, by the way. But, but boy, you do feel like if San Francisco just puts it all together, you could see them winning this and maybe even winning it, you know, by two scores. But, boy, we haven't seen anything lately that leads us to believe that. Wow, at the same time, we're seeing Kansas City maybe play as good as they play all year with a little chip on their shoulder. And maybe that's what they needed. Maybe if they would have just coasted into the playoffs, they'd have got knocked out at this point earlier. But maybe because they didn't play their best, they're – boy, God. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, Kelsey's great. Their receivers are catching everything, which they didn't do earlier in the year. I wouldn't want to get in Pacheco's way when he's running with the uh, football. And their defense is so underrated. So, yeah, I'm with you. At this point, I, I don't know how you don't say they are a favorite. Uh, what's ironic is, is Las Vegas doesn't say that they're a favorite. The 49ers are actually a two-point favorite in the game. But just about everybody that I've heard this week is picking Kansas City, so it would be very interesting. You know, I thought the ending to the regular season would kind of bring a healing period for the New Orleans Saints, but I got to tell you, um, it has been as bad as ever. You're still having a hard time finding an offensive coordinator. You're getting turned down left and right. The Johnson guy at Houston recently said, yeah, I'd rather be a quarterback coach than be your coordinator, which is an interesting decision. Uh, you have Michael Thomas on Sunday who's tweeting that Derek Carr hung him out to dry, and that's why he got hurt. And he's commenting on people's tweets saying that he wants to play for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, man, this offseason is um, showing us that there's still a lot of poison out there, man. It has not gotten any better. And this offensive coordinator thing has you puzzled because the league is telling you, we don't want to go work for Dennis Allen right now because probably a lot of the folks around the league think he might not be there at the end of this season. And then you'd be starting fresh. It's been eye-opening to see how difficult it has been for them to fill this position. Uh, it's getting to be sort of boggling to see what's going on there. And then you have Carmichael who goes back to Denver and you're sort of wondering, man, was he just like this total scapegoat? Maybe he was the only guy who was starting to figure it out. I don't know. You know, the one thing early on in my tenure as a teacher one year, although I'm an art guy, they asked me to teach world history. And I love that I had an honest world history class. And I remember talking about Nero and Rome and how he was such a horrible, you know, emperor of Rome. And that sort of started their downslide. But nobody, nobody checked him. You know, nobody stopped it. Nobody. That's what it feels like. It feels like Dennis Allen, obviously, is not Nero, but 
it's kind of like it's the start of the downfall of the empire, and nobody's there to say, wait a minute, we're trending in the wrong direction right now. Something's not going right. I, I think when it's all said and done, I think the offensive coordinator is probably going to come from the staff. It's probably going to be Curry. I, I don't know if it's because he'll be the only guy left standing or because they're just sort of trying to fool us into believing that they're really looking for somebody. And they've, they've done everything. They did their due diligence, and they feel like he's the best guy. But, yeah, it, it's tough to sit here and kind of see where they're headed, and nobody in that front office sees what everybody else is seeing. I, I can't imagine what the odds would be that the Saints next year, with the way things are going right now, would be more than a 500 team. And I'd even go so far as to say I can't imagine that they would be more than, say, a six or seven team, uh, uh, six or seven win team next year. That's tough, man. Um, look, it, it's an interesting situation is that uh, there are a lot of pieces on this roster that maybe could get moved. And a lot of folks are speculating, hey, will this be the end for Marshawn Lattimore or Alvin Kamara or whoever it may be? And I don't know that people realize that this could be a roster also that looks drastically different next year as well. If they do finally make that decision to rebuild the team that we see next year could look drastically different than the team that we see right now. Oh yeah. I don't know how much money they're going to have to spend, but I hope it's a lot because nobody's coming here. If their value is the same in another market, I really believe that the other thing is, is with a guy like Michael Thomas, you know, he's been doing those things over the last few days and writing those things on Twitter or X or whatever it is now. I mean, here's a perfect opportunity to show us as fans that there's some, uh, better watch what I, the word I use, cojones up there, because they could just set it right now and say, you're gone. We had enough of you. Or the Saints just penalized and, or took money out of the paycheck of Michael Thomas for detriment to the team right because whether you agree with him or not what he's doing is sort of detrimental if i'm a high school coach i don't show one of my guys running around the uh, community saying and doing the things he does that can't be good for anything so they have the perfect opportunity here to sort of do some things and they're not so it makes them look even that much more you know weak i i i totally don't get what's going on from from three years ago to where we're at now is mind-boggling to me stan i know that this is going to excite you because it's something that you talk about often in, in regards to lsu in the 2024 recruiting cycle lsu signed nine of the ten top players in louisiana which is huge not a lot of folks remember the last time that happened well in 2025 they have already gotten commitments from four of the top five. The one player that is not committed is considered a heavy LSU lean. They've got uh, they're they're eating up the state right now, man. And look, Frank Wilson's doing a great job. You have the defensive back from Westgate who said publicly, "Hey, the reason why I committed to LSU is because you brought Corey Raymond back." Um, you got Bo Davis on the staff now, who's a great recruiter and a Louisiana guy. I think Brian Kelly is realizing, hey, if we lock down the state and go get a couple of other ingredients for the gumbo around the rest of the country, steal a few from Texas, you from Florida, you get the number one player from Michigan, that's how you win here. LSU's building that fence around the boot right now, and it's really good to see. 
Oh, I agree. Uh, yes, I am. I am very much a person who enjoys the wins of not only LSU but any of our state universities if they have more kids that are from Louisiana that sort of stayed home. I think that's you know. And listen, it doesn't have to be for everybody. I realize you represent your school, and and I get it. If you're a head coach, if you're Tim Rebo, if you're Brian Kelly. You got to get the best players. You got to go where the best players at, and you got to get them. But boy, we got some good ones in Louisiana. Even the year that LSU won it all, I was such a fan of like Claude Hilaire Edwards. I, I I wanted to see him do so well, being a Baton Rouge guy, you know, and what he could do, and Jordan Jefferson, and 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 Stingley, and all of the people who sort of in that area era, excuse me, of Coach O that were from Louisiana, that excites me a lot. So it's good to see those guys stay here. I get it. it, it it's a, it, you got to go get the guys. But, boy, it is nice to have them from right here. I, I don't, it's sort of why even with LSU's women's basketball, I mean, I hope they win a national championship. I mean, that's obvious, you know. But, man, a lot of those girls are coming in from all over the place, except for the young Williams girl. It's nice to see a Louisiana girl who is uh, young and doing well. You, you would hope there were more of them with that, you know. And uh, so, anyway, yeah, I, I'm excited that they're kind of putting that fence up and they're getting those kids from the state. We'll leave you with this. You coached for quite some time back in, in your, your time as a coach over at South Terrebonne. Um, yeah, the Middle Ages. Was that? The Middle Ages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry Jones yesterday said that, quote, there's no doubt that he could get along well and work with Bill Belichick, whom he calls his close friend. Jerry said, I know him personally and I like him. There's no doubt in my mind that we could work together. None. So if when you were coaching, you had to read in the Courier or whatever newspaper that your principal was saying, oh, yeah, I could work with this other baseball coach, and, and, and knowing that that was a guy who coached the same thing that you did, like, how do you think Mike McCarthy feels right now that Jerry Jones is still employing McCarthy, but is saying openly, oh, yeah, someday Bill's going to be, you know, a guy we could work with? Like, that's not a ringing endorsement of your head coach going into the season when you were publicly at the Senior Bowl saying, yeah, the biggest free agent coach, I could absolutely see myself working with him. Why does Jerry feel the need to always say these things, man? Why? Listen, I agree, but I do think that Mike McCarthy understands well enough that that is Jerry being Jerry, and he probably just needs to go on about his business and try and do his job the best he could possibly do it. I would imagine when Mike McCarthy goes home and, you know, his wife gets in his ear, she's probably like, why, why are we staying here? Why are we doing this? What are we doing? This is sort of crazy. But when it comes right down to it, and when it comes down to Dallas not winning a Super Bowl or maybe not having playoff success, I don't think it's a Mike McCarthy problem. I think it's a Jerry Jones problem. I think Jerry Jones is the one who puts that kind of pressure not only on McCarthy but on his entire team. And until there's a guy who can come in there that is, you know, stronger than Jerry Jones or would stand up to Jerry Jones or would do what he wants because God knows nobody can. I mean, Bill Purcells couldn't even do it. Jimmy Johnson couldn't even do it. Until that happens where somebody knows a little bit more than what he knows, well, I think a lot of people know more than he knows, but that can do what they need to do to win. 
it's probably not going to happen. So that means that it probably will never happen because Jerry Jones is just he's, he, he, he can't get out of his own way. And unfortunately, that team is probably good enough to win. And I don't know that they ever will in this situation. What's it say about the league that guys like Belichick who have said, hey, I want to coach some more, and guys like Vrabel who have said, hey, I want to coach some more, are not getting hired, proven winners, but like these young coordinator position coach guys are getting a lot of these jobs. I understand fully that the profession is getting younger and younger and younger, and everybody's trying to find the next McVeigh, but... How do you justify not hiring a Mike Vrabel in this cycle, man? Like, I, I don't think that the younger element is always necessarily better when you've got proven winners who are being left to the wayside. It's a young person's game. I even get caught up in that a little bit. I sort of look at, at some of the coaches who are out there, whether it's collegiate ball or professional ball, and think to myself, that guy's too old. And then I look at myself and say, well, you know, you're getting a little older. Does that mean that you can't do it? And it, but, the, but the answer is yes, I couldn't. I, 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 truthfully, if I took a good, serious, hard look at myself, I couldn't because it is different. There are some things that are different. Do I think some things would work that we used to do? Yes. How long would they work for? I don't know. I think maybe we're going to make a vicious circle and come back to some things. I do know this. And, and people are tired of hearing it, and I think it's why I'm probably no good for radio because I'm always going to say offensive and defensive line play is everything. That's what football is, but it's not the sexy thing. It's not what people want. The NFL has changed all of their rules to make sure that it's not everything. It, they're making sure that offenses have the advantage along the way. So it's not, again, the sexy thing, but I got to tell you, you know, you look at a guy, it's interesting that Harbaugh just got hired for, I was about to say San Diego, but for the Chargers in Los Angeles. Because I wondered if his brother, John, lost his job with Baltimore some kind of way. I know he had a great year this year, but let's assume he lost his job uh, or he just decided not to coach anymore. I wonder how easy it would be for him to get a job because he's sort of that mold of, of, you know, not necessarily Bill Belichick, but I, we're in a different day and age, and everybody wants to try and hit. We're, we're trying to grab that thing that we could throw against the wall and hope it sticks. And I think that's what the Saints are trying to do with their offensive coordinator, too, right now. What's that thing that's going to stick? Now, it might only be a 30% chance of being the right thing, but we're still going to take that chance. And if it doesn't work out, ho-hum, we'll get rid of them in the middle of the year. It seems to be the way we're going. And then on top of all of that, I thought it was sort of ironic that Seattle just lets go the oldest coach yeah. in the NFL to hire the youngest coach in the NFL. That's pretty amazing. Think about that, Casey. These guys, and, and I don't know your exact age, but I know about what you are. The guys who are coming in now are, as head coaches in the NFL and in college football, are younger than you are. It's unbelievable. They're younger. Yeah, they're younger than me. Look, Ben Johnson, who was a big candidate, he's 32. That's way younger than me. Like, it's crazy. That, how, 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 how does Tom Brady get in a huddle at 43 years old and respect his 32-year-old head coach? <laughs> to me, that's him getting in a huddle going, oh, my God. You know, I was, I was in the league when you were born. Don't tell me what to do. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. No doubt. Well, look, man, we thank you so much for the time. We'll see you tomorrow at Media Day. Okay, brother? 
All right. We look forward to having you all here. Take care. Yep. That's Stan Gravel doing an excellent job as always. Love his thoughts there, Coach. I, I don't think that this youth movement is 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 all that. I, I think that if you got a proven guy like a Vrabel or a Belichick or whatever, I'd rather that over the next flavor of the week that might go 4-12 and 12 and not know what the hell he's doing. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Watch uh, uh, Vrabel don't end up in uh, Dallas as D.C. Uh, I would love that. I would love that. That would be a great <clears throat> thing for the Cowboys. And I, th- I think the Saints uh, coordinator uh, – May come from an NFL, uh, NFL, uh, a Super Bowl team. Kubiak, San Francisco, yep. the guy who's called plays twice and got fired both times. Well, I mean, they're not going to get something. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, that uh, it better look. It better be someone from one of the two Super Bowl teams. Because if we're waiting this long and then you hire Ronald Curry, yeah, I, I think that's what it is. I, I sincerely hope so. Let's catch a break when we get back. We might have a special call-in guest yeah, that will be joining us uh, to talk about what we'll be doing on Saturday at Absolute Fitness. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Remember, water safety isn't just for the summer months. Water safety is a year-long commitment to our family and friends as well as our community. A few safety tips to remember. Be mindful of children when there is any water around, whether it be pools, ponds, lakes, bathtubs, or the bayou. Keep all bodies of water secure with fences, gates, and covers when not in use. Drowning does not discriminate. It happens to people of every age and swimming ability. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Duck Fab Incorporated is your first choice for professional HVAC duct system. From project concept, design, drafting, to production and installation, Duck Fab prides itself in serving all of your HVAC system needs. From residential, commercial, municipalities, and industrial marine and land-based facilities, DuckFab is there to serve Gulf Coast and River Region with its locations in Homa and Hazelhurst, Mississippi. DuckFab, 352 Equity Boulevard, Homa, Louisiana, 985-876-3400. DuckFab. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Just Clear here with Coach Brian Colley and a reminder that tomorrow we're taking our show on the road to the locker room at Terrebonne General for Baseball Media Day. But Saturday, we're also taking our show on the road. We're going to make a road trip to Absolute Fitness, and we welcome 
Miss Allison or Miss Alice Adams and Mr. Jaden Beragi on the line now to tell us about everything that's going to be going on there Saturday. Uh, good afternoon, y'all. How are we doing today? We're doing good. How are you? Doing fine. Look, it's a big day for Absolute Fitness on Saturday. Give us a rundown of some of the things that uh, you guys are going to be hosting for the community. All right. Um, it looks like we're finally going to have our grand opening at about almost a year, like nine months of opening. We finally had a chance to address that. And then we're going to have a bunch of other fun things that I'm going to let Jaden take over and tell you because he's the one that threw it all together. Sounds good. So, um, we are, it's not only our grand opening, but also we are launching, um, new, uh, so every three months in our group fitness programs, we launch new moves and new music. So we're doing a whole day dedicated to that and incorporating the entire gym, um, involved. So from our group fitness program to we're doing free 30 minute personal training sessions that, uh, you just sign up with a trainer, um, and it's the free 30 minute sessions all morning. Uh, we also have a deadlift competition happening um, for our big power lifters out there. Uh, we have a bunch of vendors coming, like La Bougie Boutique and PhysioFit, um, Arm Bar and Grill, um, and, and Elemental Wellness, and Casey Mathern will be doing some hand and foot massages as well. Cool. That's wonderful. And look, I believe I read on the flyer, like, you don't have to be a current member to participate, right? Like, anybody in the community could go on out on Saturday? Correct. Yep. It's, it's, this is open to all our members, all of our non, uh, our members, and also non-members. Anyone can go. It is a big community event. It's a free day at the gym, so you can work out and not participate in any of the activities, or just work out freely and tour the the place. Um, we'll all be there. All, our whole staff can be there. All the instructor team, all the front counter staff, and it's a it's just a free community day. Y'all facility is amazing. We we did radio there oh, about three four months ago now, and and it's just it's wonderful. It, it's it's very spacious, a lot of variety of, of, you know, machines to use. And I just like the vibe, man. Everybody's always positive and cheerful. And it just talk about that. You guys have created a culture of, hey, let, let, let's get better together. And I really like that a lot. Yeah, and um, it's kind of been what we've been hearing around um, lately with a lot of different um, people and, and organizations that we've been talking to. Uh, we really wanted something that we've been working there for 15, 20 years at this at this place before the storm. So when it came back and we were able to open it, uh, we knew exactly how we wanted it to feel in there. And we knew that the community needed some kind of teamwork and camaraderie place. Um, so that's what we did. We wanted it to feel like a family. Uh, we wanted it to feel like everyone who comes is part of our family, our fitness family, and have that close, close and togetherness. You know, we uh, last Month, or at the end of December, we did our, for the first time ever, we did um, our Christmas party, but we invited all of the membership to attend as well. And they absolutely loved it. And I think that's what it is. It's just about getting everyone together because we all have different um, different areas that we really um, lean to. Like we, I'm, I lean to a lot of the, the group fitness area, but we also have our person, our fitness floor and our power lifters and everything and getting us all together and making it all come as one is really what we're all about yeah uh, go ahead give us the times once again uh what time y'all get uh started uh, in the morning yeah so we are um starting at 9 a.m so we're gonna be there from 9 a.m to about two o'clock one o'clock two o'clock uh tomorrow morning um doing all kind of things um 
And they can, and anyone who wants to sign up for our group fitness programs can either message us or call the club, and we can get you signed up and um, and on the list. I see you on the flyer, man. It's also going to be a little bit of a Mardi Gras celebration. Y'all are encouraging people to wear those Mardi Gras colors and then beads a little bit on Saturday. Yes, it is our um, our fitness party girl. We're calling it, and um, so any time any type of Mardi Gras attire, I have a special uh, outfit that we're I'm wearing. Um, we may be throwing stuff off the stage, like a float. You never know what we have <laughs> up our sleeves around there. <laughs> Man, one of the things that, that we tested out the last time we were there was y'all smoothie bar. Those smoothies are delicious, and they're also very good for you. Um, talk about that, man. Just, you know this, the importance of you can work out until you're blue in the face, but if you're not feeding your body the right stuff, you're not going to get those gains. I love that you guys got that smoothie bar to help with that process. Yeah, so when we came into the club, we wanted to really find a smoothie line that was not only tastes good, but also was good for you as well. Uh, there's a lot of smoothie companies out there that it, it may taste good, but there's so much sugar in it or so much um, just unnatural ingredients. So we found this company that really um, all the ingredients are really natural. It's all um, fro- um, freeze-dried fruits and vegetables, um, and, and it delivers through so many offers our uh, protein from the regular protein to a muscle, um, more muscle madness, um, higher protein grade and as well as plant-based, because a lot of people are either allergic to whey or they can't have it for whatever reason. So there's a plant-based option as well for those people who need that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, look, we thank you all so much for the time, and we look so much forward to Saturday. One more time, give us the times and the location where we got to go on Saturday. Yeah, so Absolute Fitness, um, 17092 is right in front of the hospital, um, in front of Lady of the Sea. And it, we're starting everything at around 9 a.m., Sounds like a winner. Thanks, Alice and Jaden, and we'll see you all on Saturday. Thanks. Yep. Thank you. Yep. We thank them so much for their uh, time, and, and it sounds like we're going to have a whole lot of fun on Saturday, man. Uh, I love what they're doing. Uh, they, I, I mean this sincerely. Their facility is top-notch. I mean, it's beautiful in there. So much space, so much different machines, and everybody's in a good mood. You want to work out when everybody's being positive and all that good stuff. I can't wait for Saturday. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, should be a lot of fun, and you're right, man. You walk in there, you can't help, but to, to, you have to be impressed uh, with the facilities and uh, great management team they have over there running it. Uh, it's just from top to bottom, it's uh, A+. plus. No doubt. Uh, look, we got about three, four minutes left here. Um, NFL coaching news. We now have no head coaching vacancies in the NFL. They have all been filled. The Washington Commanders today hired Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn as their new head coach. Quinn had been the defensive coordinator in Dallas for the past three seasons and helped the Cowboys become one of the best defenses in the NFL. In the last three seasons, the Cowboys have forced 93 turnovers, which was a league high. Um, And we're being told, let's see, that Ron Rivera is (laughs) a possibility to maybe replace Dan Quinn, which would be ironic, right? Ron Rivera was the previous head coach at Washington, and now he may go and take Dan Quinn's job while Dan Quinn takes his job. But as a Cowboy fan, look, there's no way to – I can't be negative, right? Because there's the four years ago, before Dan Quinn got there, the Cowboys had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Then as soon as McCarthy comes in and gets Quinn on board – the defense turns around, they're getting sacks, they're forcing turnovers, they're causing chaos. 
drafting Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs helps with that a lot too. But at the same time, I'm glad to see him go because when you have an assistant coach that is so highly sought after at the end of every single regular season, the guy running your defense is trying to coach you in the playoffs while trying to interview for this job, while trying to interview for that job. And I really, truly believe that some of the struggles that the Cowboys had defensively at the end of last season had to do with the fact that Dan Quinn's full attention span was not on what was happening in front of him. And while we salute him for doing an unbelievable job, we also understand that now maybe the next guy will be a little more bought in and that can maybe help the Cowboys out. So I'm happy for Quinn. Also happy for Dallas now that they get these question marks out of the way and can maybe get a coordinator who's going to actually give them the full 17 games of their undivided attention. Yeah, if it's Rivera, I don't think he'll be interviewing for jobs next year. So that's one thing they don't have to worry about. But do you think that would be the right guy for that Dallas defense? He was a really good coordinator back in the day, but, uh, but emphasis it. on back in the day. Yeah. Bo Pelini was a good coordinator back in the day, too. And, you know, obviously <laughs> the game has passed him by. Um, it's like but, you'd want a more fiery guy. Here's the thing. And, again, I, I, I'm not making fun of the Saints. I'm not. But I think the Cowboys are going to have options because where folks are maybe not excited about going coach under Dennis Allen and Derek Carr, if I'm a defensive coach with some aspirations, yeah, I want Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs and Demarcus Lawrence and Deron Blunt. Like, I could see where they would be able to make a very good hire because they got so many damn pieces that could frankly make even an average coach look really, really good. But the wild card you got to deal with. That nut owner. Yes. If he if he fires Mike McCarthy at the end of the season, then, yeah, I mean, that that becomes an issue. That becomes an issue. I, I'm a little surprised, to be honest with you, though, that, that Dan Quinn went to the commanders. I am. Um, he has turned down head coaching jobs in years past because he said, quote, they weren't in the right fit or, you know, hey, I don't want to uh, go to a dead end or – I think the commanders are a dead end. I, I don't know that that's a very good job. I get it. Daniel Schneider just sold the team, so you got rid of the bad owner. But you, you don't have a quarterback. You're in the Cowboys division. You're in the Eagles division. Like It's a brutal schedule. That I don't, I'm a little surprised to see that this is the job that pulls him from Dallas. Well, could it be that Dan Quinn just had enough of – Coaching year to year because maybe so. Of course, it goes. The whole staff is probably gone. And but let, let me play devil's advocate. It, it, what if what if Dallas goes thirteen and four next year and loses in the playoffs, but their defense is great? Then you're a candidate to replace Mike McCarthy, and then the Dallas job is way better than the Commander job. So I'm a little surprised. I would have I would have seen still him dealing with that owner. Yeah. I would have seen him going to Seattle because of his his natural ties and his natural roots there. I'm actually, frankly, a little surprised Seattle didn't offer it to him. Um, But I am a little surprised that it's the commanders who pull him away. But maybe he just decided this cycle, hey, at all costs, I want to be a head coach. Um, Let's see what we got here. Uh, I'm trying to go over the headlines. Not a whole lot going on. A man has uh, pled guilty to charges in the Alabama baseball betting scandal today. Um, and I, an Indiana businessman and a youth baseball coach play, uh, pleaded guilty to federal charges 
related to an investigation into a betting scheme on a college baseball game last spring. Bart Eugene Neff of Marion County, Indiana, was charged with obstructing a federal investigation, destroying evidence, tampering with witnesses, and providing false statements to the FBI regarding suspicious betting activity on Alabama and LSU's baseball game on April 28th, which resulted in Alabama firing their baseball coach, Brad Bohannon. Now, reportedly, um, the guy who was arrested, Bart Eugene Neff, or Bert Eugene Neff, contacted Bohannon, got some information about the game from Bohannon, and then was attempting to bet against Alabama and bet on LSU. Um, the Alabama baseball coach did not place any bets, was probably only fired, but he was on the hot seat anyway. He's kind of been seen as like, hey, he wasn't wagering anything. He was just giving advice to someone who was betting. Um, I know we talked about this last week with the Keishon Bouti stuff. We're just reaching the tip of the iceberg of this crap, man. There's going to be more and more and more stuff like this. There's too much money up for grabs. There's going to be a lot of interesting things that will be happening with this sports betting stuff in the next couple of years. Yep, agree. So he is looking at 10 years in prison. And look, it's not the betting that caused him to get arrested. It was the tampering with witnesses and destroying evidence and obscuring an investigation and all that stuff. He's facing 10 years in prison. Just got caught. He cheated and he got caught. <laughs> Let's wrap up today's show. We want to thank Brody for the time. Uh, Coach Brody Williams, we also want to thank Stan for the time. And most importantly, we want to thank you guys for the time. Tomorrow we're at Terrebonne General Baseball and Softball Media Day. Uh, and we'll be chatting with all the baseball and softball coaches from around our area. Tonight, Atlanta. big middle school game, LCO and Bayou Blue. Yes, the Lady Dogs could clinch at least a share of the Paris Championship if they win tonight. Um, they're going to be favored for really the last couple of games, so they are sitting pretty good. The boys are trying to keep the pace and trying to finish as runners-up. But we saw Bayou Blue. It's going to be a big challenge. They're very well coached, especially – uh, th those boys are young, play hard, and those girls are, are play very hard and are well-coached as well. So let's put a pin in it right here. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back tomorrow over at Terrebonne General. You've been listening to Play by Play. God bless. See you all tomorrow. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.